thing where a guy puts the phone in the crook of his neck so that he has both hands free to type. And then he snaps his fingers three times to signal to his colleagues that this is the call they've been waiting for. And then, because he needs to rush out to meet his source, he stuffs a bagel into his mouth, puts on his jacket, confirms the meeting time all while still on the phone, and it's just way too many things. Hello, one and all. How's it going? If you are listening to this episode, you're in for a real treat, ladies and gentlemen. Today, we are starting off our series of 2015 movies. We're going to talk about 2015 movies. Yeah. <laughs> it was a year for movies, unlike any other, just like every other year for movies. <laughs> Nothing special at all. <laughs> Aren't you excited to listen? <laughs> so the idea behind doing 2015 is that we'll go back through recent years, uh, usually five years in the past or more, and just kind of go back through and see how movies were perceived then and how they're perceived now and how our personal, chase of t- personal tastes have changed. and Just stuff like that. We're kind of interested in seeing how oh, movies can be so important and so overhyped or... Uh, you know, maybe forgotten, maybe overlooked. And so just kind of going back through and see what we liked most through uh, the year 2015 and seeing what we think of those movies now. And how many 2015 movies are we going to do? Uh, probably 8 to 12, somewhere in that range. Kind 12. of flexible. To start the series off, I called Wes. It's like, hey, Wes. He said, hey, Daniel. <laughs> so what are you doing? Just, you know, eating bagels. It's in my <laughs> man. Me too. I was like, let's pick like a really lighthearted, fun movie to start this series off. You know, something that's just kind of silly, something that's, you know, goofy, something lighthearted and fun. What would that be? And he said, Spotlight. <laughs> the 2015 Best Picture winner. I was like, oh man. <laughs> okay. This is what Wes considers fun. <laughs> I'd hate to see the alternative. <laughs> I hung up and blocked his number, and we haven't talked on the phone since. Um, but yeah, we're going to start out talking about Spotlight, because it is the Oscar winner for Best Motion Picture of 2015. It indeed it is. Um, uh, directed by Tim McCarthy, it's got Rachel McAdams, Michael Keaton. It's got Stanley Tucci. Stanley Tucci is in the movie. Mark Ruffalo, Lee Schreiber. It's got a lot of people. Uh, yeah. Do we want to start out? Yes, we do. I'm going to make sure. the decision. Yeah. Let's look at the nominations for best movie in 2015. Yeah, we can start this one off. Just like. Do you think it should have won? Yeah, do you think it should have won? So what I'm seeing is. You're no- just talking best picture. Yeah. For okay. the, so, best picture nominations Birdman, yeah. Whiplash. You're looking at the wrong year. You're looking at 2014. <laughs> no, the 87th Academy Awards. You can cut this out. Is Spotlight on that list? Oh, you searched the 2015, which, yes, the 2014 you know awards what? were given out in 2015. Yeah, no, what? Cut all that out. No, <laughs> staying in. Just... Um, you got Spotlight. Yep. You got The Bridge of Spies. Yep, you got that old. Thanks. You got that old Mad Max and the Fury Road. <laughs> you got the Revenant. Yep. My favorite Cody. Martian. 
<laughs> my favorite Martian. <laughs> uh, the Big Short. That's a good movie. Room yeah. in Brooklyn. So I have not seen Room or Brooklyn off of those. Have you seen Bridge of Spies? Yes. You're such a dad. I haven't seen it. It's a dad movie and a half. You said it's like it's a, like it's a knock on my character, but I, I'll wear that badge proudly any day of the week, sir. Papa so West. So you've seen... That's only th- I, three. No, missed. I haven't seen Bridge of Spies. I haven't seen Room or Brooklyn. So it's, yeah. From this list, yes, I would say Spotlight should be the winner. Now, I'll be the... I'll display devil's advocate. I know what you're going to say. Here we go. Why isn't Mission Impossible <laughs> Rogue Nation on here? You know, it's highly contested back in the day. No, just kidding. I love Mission Impossible. Um, but for this one, I'd say it's a toss-up between... It, it, you, it's This is the whole uh, Oscar thing. It's the argument every year. Why isn't it separated into like genre categories? Because yeah. Mad Max Fear Road is a fantastic movie. Yeah. Spotlight is also a fantastic movie, but you can't, they're not comparable whatsoever. You're looking at two very different movies that are great for two very, very different reasons. And it's, no one's right. No one wins in that, that, that argument. So Mad Max is on a technical level, just, it's kind of unparalleled. Like it's better, but I would say Spotlight's better written in as far as, you know, Academy Award for Best Picture of the yeah, Year. It should like, be a movie that's well, most well written. I think a lot of the back then, from what I remember, was that was like Mad Max's year because Mad Max took home I think like six awards, mm-hmm. and it was just on a hot streak. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people wanted it to win just because the momentum was there behind it. Also, like how often do you even see a movie like that win anything? So, yeah, yeah but it's Spotlight snubbed. Spotlight. Oscar snub. Right. <laughs> like that word snub. You like that snub. <laughs> Spotlight definitely, I think, deserves a win. It's just one of those movies where, you know, it's Mad Max has probably been rewatched, and same thing with, like, The Martian, The Revenant, all the, the British Spies, or um, all those other movies have probably been rewatched a lot more than Spotlight, just because of the nature of what the subject matter is. And so, mm-hmm. they're... There's a lot of this movie, there's something about the journalism type movies, which there's been a few others we can kind of talk about, just that have come out also in recent years, specifically, I know I haven't seen it, but I know you, you saw the report, mm-hmm. and I saw the post, I, uh, I don't know if you've seen that one yet. I've seen the post, yeah. So, that, not that those movies were bad or anything, because those were also nominated in certain ways but that's not what we're really talking about we're not really comparing our tastes and ranking it as far as oscars go we don't even really care half the time what that group of people say because we're not part of it whatsoever but fuddy duddies yeah they don't hold up as well just from a standpoint of they kind of came and went and spotlight as hard as the subject matter is to kind of look at it, it does a really good job of... It's not like, oh, this is one person who's flawless, who's just, like, against the system. It's like, oh, I want to expose this. They, It's kind of almost accidental in how they start uncovering all this stuff. You know what I mean? Except for Lee Schreiber. Yeah. He's the one that's... He's a, 
Which I like. I yeah. like his character a lot. He comes so, into town. He's like, uh-uh, I'm not having it. Again, if you guys haven't seen the movie, it's definitely got both of our recommendation. Um, it's about the like Boston uncovering, the Boston Globe uncovering of the Catholic Church scandal uh, in Boston. And really around the world, that whole mess of a situation as it was. Um, as it is. As well, it is, yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. So they, the character Lee Schreiber plays a real person. That's, that's another thing. I, I, they handle real people really well. Uh, looking into like how the real kind of story unfolded, they don't paint these people as like perfect white knight people. There's a lot of this movie kind of shows its characters in real light because they are real people. And so none of them seem more important than others. All of them really kind of mesh well together. And I I really like that about this movie, how a lot of the time you'll see... uh, With The Post, I think it was more of like... Not that that, again, wasn't a bad movie, and Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep were great in it, but it was almost like they were trying to go for an Oscar specifically Mm -hmm. for either one of those actors whereas this movie I don't think any of the actors got nominated they might have I don't no, know no they did I just looked at it Mark Ruffalo was nominated for supporting, supporting. actor and um, Rachel McAdams was supported for best supporting actress okay which is weird because I thought Mark Ruffalo was more of a main character rather than supporting yeah it's weird because there's so many of them yeah but at the same time, the, you it's clear, like, this movie was not made to give one sole person a nomination, I guess is my point. Whereas something yeah. like The Post kind of was. Post, yeah, that's why it was kind of an obnoxious movie to watch. Because it was almost like Meryl Streep and Tom Hanks were, like, doing, like, a... Like, best uh, acting kind of showcase in a yeah. way. Um, yeah, go ahead and just talk through your last uh, rewatch of this movie and kind of what your thoughts were yeah i've seen this movie uh twice now saw it years ago when it came out Rewatched it again in preparation for this episode mm-hmm. um i think i liked it just as much as i did when i first saw it mm-hmm. um i think and the problem is whenever we do an episode uh that's the problem we shouldn't do any more episodes yeah we'll just stop the show now <laughs> no the problem i have is i get a little nitpicky just because i want to like have a lot of stuff to talk about that's but fair th- there were i would say about three flaws that we'll kind of get into from like three big ones for me so you were saying that just from here now you wouldn't say you disliked it or liked it more than before no yeah it stayed right at the same okay i would yeah it's really a great movie. This is one of the reasons why I feel like there's as snobbish as like awards can be. This that's the only reason why I sought this movie out because back in twenty fifteen, uh, like kind of like I mentioned, there wasn't. A, this is not a movie that got me into movies. Uh, at at all, I definitely liked and have liked movies for years past this. But this was kind of the first one where I was like, okay, I don't need to just watch. Uh, you know, Mission Impossible again, or Star Wars, yes, or you do. action-based movies. This was like the drama, other than like the other movie that kind of went along with this was Moneyball, or it was like it got me into watching more, oh, either factual-based films or just dramas in general, and I thought it did a fantastic job. There's certain things, 
not the way the movie is shot, but how it's edited. I think this movie is probably one of the best edited movies uh, mm-hmm. that I've seen, especially when it's a drama. There's not that... Uh, doesn't lag. Doesn't lag whatsoever, but it also... There's a lot of... Obviously, being on this side of it, being years past when this scandal came out, it's like it's easy for everyone to kind of be on the oh the the hero's side if you want to say that or the right side of it but i liked how it really kind of brings you in and puts you into the mindset of what people were actually thinking and debating on during that time frame um it doesn't try to explain away or lessen the effects of what um you know was going on at that given time but at the same time it's it's more of how things got to the way they were and the hurdles that not only this you know paper had to go go through to like expose this but the manner in which they did it especially nowadays where you've got so many articles out there just for clickbaiting or you know one political side or the other it was nice to see like okay this is just people holding each other accountable to do the right thing and then do it in such a way that you know really gets to the point of the issue to actually have a positive effect, which is obviously what every, I guess, a journalist would strive for in anything, especially a situation of this nature. So I think the the movie really captured that, like essence of the story, really really well. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about the cast. Sure. We got a nice little cast going right here. Yeah, we do. We got Mark Ruffalo. We do. The Incredible Hulk himself. So Michael Keaton, Rachel McAdams, Lee Schreiber, John Slattery, Brian Darcy James, and Stanley Tucci. Can I say something about Lee Schreiber really quick? I love him. Okay, so in this movie, I I don't have like his filmography in front of me, but I think this is probably his best movie. You didn't like him as Sabretooth? No, that's that's the exact reason why. Because I remember watching this back in 2015 thinking like, hey, don't I know this guy? from somewhere and I was like oh wait no this is Sabretooth from X-Men Origins Wolverine and he he's he's awesome awesome in this movie and there's a few reasons why I think he's awesome so I'm just gonna kind of hammer on that character because as soon as he walks in you're like okay I know this guy this guy's gonna be the new corporate head who's just kind of like the sub villain which he could very easily be in this movie like how like oh okay he doesn't want Spotlight to be around he's gonna cut funding and he's the complete opposite of that. He's actually encouraging them to like shoot higher and really get to the, the meat and bones of what they're trying to uncover because he sees it and he's like, you know what, that sounds like something we should look into. And he kind of is almost, he doesn't do a lot of the reporting and the uh, digging that Spotlight does, the Spotlight team, but he's kind of the at the forefront of it the whole time like hey you know what no we can do better than this we need to probably look into this more and he does i he after about 15 minutes into the movie watching it again this time i completely forgot it was leaf shriver so i'm shocked that even though this wasn't supposed to go uh, towards any acting nominations i know that wasn't the point of this movie i feel like he should have gotten some more recognition for that because he's really really good in the movie he's he's awesome like that like he's a really good actor in a lot of different movies, but mm. he's not. He's in one of my top five favorite movies of all time. Do you know what is Wes? Spotlight. <laughs> no. <laughs> Come on, tell me what is it? Lee Shriver. Yeah. 
in he's in it's like my probably fourth or fifth favorite movie of all time I, I'm completely drawn a blank Kingpin Kingpin he plays Kingpin oh he does Spider-Verse oh, yeah. I did not know that you didn't no no yeah, I subscriber. would have never guessed he would have had me going in circles <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I know he was the voice he's of King awesome. Ben in See, he sneaks his way into different movies. He and does. He's always great, right? <laughs> um, uh, Michael Keaton, I love that guy. Yeah, he's really good. Uh, Michael Keaton always has this like real, just distinct way of acting. Of like, I can't really put my finger on it. Like, he's a little goofy. Yeah, but at the same, like, he's always plays a good eccentric character. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah, because even like. Uh, Adrian Toomes and Spider-Man Homecoming. Mm-hmm. That's his name, right? Yeah, Adrian Toomes okay. is a vulture. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was, but as soon as I said that, I said, yeah, yeah. I like, don't doubt yourself. No, like, he's like a, you know, like, he, he's just a normal dad, but at the same time, he's just, he's hamming it up. He's having a little bit of fun with it. Mm. He does it with Birdman. Yeah. Like, I don't know. He just plays a really good eccentric character, I think. I'm always a big fan of him. He, like, makes the, like, kind of corny jokes about yeah. golfing at the beginning of oh, yeah. and poker and stuff like that. Yeah. But he uh, gets really serious when he needs to. Um, Rachel McAdams is good. Mm. I would say she's That's not again, on par one. with the rest of them. I, I, would, I say. would say they're all, like, other than, like, Lee Schreiber. And I think for me it's just the whole Sabretooth thing. I think they all do, like, they get the job done. All of them do a really good job. Yeah. Her specifically, because she has a harder job than some of them, just because she's got to interact with... Uh, I know Mark Ruffalo's character has the back and forth with Stanley Tucci's character, and I forget mm-hmm. the real names. Uh, but she also has to go in and interview like multiple people, whereas someone like Michael Keaton is just kind of in the office. Yeah. And she just... She has to act off other people who aren't, you know, who are, who are not and, Michael Keaton yeah. and Mark Ruffalo and all the other yeah. actors <laughs> in the office yeah. building. Um so, yeah. before we recorded, I told you there was one main character in this movie I did. I think it's a bad like performance. Like a performance? Okay. Yeah. I have no, I, I really don't. Other than, like, who? I have no clue. You don't want to guess? I, I, I mean. This is the most boring guessing game. <laughs> well, it's not Michael Keaton. It's not Rachel McAdams. It's not Mark Ruffalo. Is it Stanley Tucci? I don't like Stanley Tucci. I'm surprised. You are? Yeah, because I, I think he's really good. You think he's good in this? I think, again, it's this Sabretooth thing. What I know Stanley Tucci from is the Transformers movies. And so... Did or, he play Optimus Prime? No. <laughs> he was in one of them, I'm almost 100% sure. Oh, was yeah, he... he <laughs> in Transformers The Last Night... They go back in time at one point. I'm not joking. Good they grief. go back in time, and there's Merlin. He plays drunk Merlin. What? I'm almost 100% sure. You got sure. Merlin in these Transformers? In the Transformers. And Stanley Tucci What's plays Merlin doing in a drunk, Transformers picture? <laughs> no clue. No he clue. He drunkenly stumbled into it. So when I, that was probably the last movie I've seen him in, like, I think. <sighs> even though that was a while ago. I can't remember what else he's been in, but... I'm not a fan of, fan of Stanley Tucci. Uh, he's the worst part of those Hunger Game movies. I want to punch him. Girl on fire! I want to punch him in the face as hard as I can. See, that's weird. He's, he plays very different characters in all those movies. And Devil Wears movie, Prada, he's not so great. I'm not a fan. Just not a fan. He's. I'm sorry, Tucci. I'm sorry. I think you're just not a fan of him. Well, and not what he's doing in this movie. 
You think it's a bad performance? I think it's a bad performance because I feel like you can. <sighs> he's just got that air about him where you can just tell that he's. This sounds stupid, but you can just tell he's acting. Nothing okay. about it seems like he's natural. Okay. Like he's in the office, like eating soup, you know, like, uh, you know, yeah, I'm too busy to talk to you. It's like, it's just right. like a very cliched character gotcha. we've seen. I don't know. Where he's just not as nuanced as the other characters. Of, That's a good yeah. way to describe them, which sounds like such a pretentious word to use, nuanced. Yeah, but, sorry. No, 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 it's fine, because I, can't, I can't think of a better way to describe them in this movie, because, mm-hmm. again, the one people point to is All the President's Men, which I don't know if you've seen that one. I love that movie. It's, it's a really good movie. And so this one, I feel like, is just as well made as that one. And, yeah. But those are, like, the only two in the conversation of, like, journalism movies, because a lot of the time, kind of like what we talked about earlier, it's more, oh, we're going to make this to show how bad this thing was mm-hmm. or how good these two people connect where it's like this movie couldn't care less about that it's yeah. literally just about what happened and almost it's not documentary-esque at mm-hmm. all because it's not boring like because i knew kind of like the watching it the first time just kind of where everything was going like i knew the story and the headlines and everything but this mm-hmm. makes it they could have it's it's a really good like true story of people you know, doing the right thing, but also, like, acknowledging, like, hey, we're a part of this, too. I think the, there was a line toward the end, again, from Liam Schreiber's character that I dude, really we like. him. Is he, he a bagel boy? Dude, he's a bagel boy, for sure. He said, towards the end of the movie, there's a line where he says, sometimes it's easy to forget that we spend most of our time stumbling around the dark. Suddenly a light gets turned on, and there's a fair share of blame to go around. I can't speak to what happened before I arrived, but all of you have done some very good reporting here. Reporting that I believe is going to have an immediate and considerable impact on our readers. For me, this this kind of story is why we do this. And I was like, that's, yes. That's Give this the man whole a movie. bagel. I like that about movies when it's like, like a pet peeve of mine is when movies do unnecessary title drops don't like that <laughs> like when it's corny and cheesy and it's it fits the film i don't mind it but movies where it's like okay like you just wanted to say that because oh i don't know like <laughs> you didn't want him to take off his sunglasses and say and this is why we're spotlight yeah but there's certain but on the flip side of that there's some lines in movies where it's like this is exactly what the movie's about and we're just gonna kind of tie and weave this into dialogue in the perfect moment, and that like sums up why, uh, what the whole movie is about. The thing with this movie, I think, other than like the year it came out, like the year it came out was just kind of Mad Max's year. Mm-hmm. Like I talked about the editing before. There's some shots, and you know, we talked about this before, but there's that scene towards the end where they're about to start publishing, and like the, where they they're going to publish, and all mm-hmm. the newspapers are being shipped out, and it's the children's choir singing Silent Night and you just get chills watching it because you can just feel the gravity watching the characters do these interviews all these little clips that they're all the legal documents and the stuff with the lawyers and then you just have this kind of montage of this is like the pinnacle of it and it has the kids singing Silent Night and you're just like wow that hits hard yeah um yeah something that I was really impressed by this movie was Okay, so going into this, you're like, okay, it's a movie about reporters. Um, it won Oscar Best Picture. Like, 
you know there's going to be a scene where somebody yells in the office and throws their papers, and it's a real dramatic moment. And they do that when Mark Ruffalo yeah. you know, loses it. But it's not cringy. No. It's, you feel it, it's heartfelt, it's, it's, uh... Not pretentious at all. It's no one's, never, no one's like crying. In I'm scene. never rolling my eyes while watching it because yeah. it just feels genuine. So I was really impressed that it, you know, did that as well as it did. There was something I caught on watching that part again. Uh, he kind of like storms out of the room, or right before he storms out of the room, Michael Keaton just says like, "Oh, are you finished?" Yeah. He's not like being a douche about it. He's just like he's a boss. Like he's got he's got at a place of. Yeah. It's not theatrical. They're just like, hey, like, this is our job. Yeah. And so, yeah, no. They're, the other thing I was just pulling up again, Mad Max won Best Film Editing of this year, which, again, is a greatly edited movie. But Spotlight was also nominated. There were certain shots in this movie, uh, again, during one of the more, not montage kind of scenes, but while they're interviewing different victims and subjects and whatever throughout Boston... There was a shot of a guy on... It was one of the victims they were interviewing on, like, this apartment patio. And behind it is, like, this huge Catholic church. And they're just mm-hmm. in the shadow yeah, of it. Uh, and I was like... Even though that second... Like, that, that shot lasts for, like, three or four seconds. I was like, that's good. That's really, really good filmmaking right there. And so yeah. that movie... This whole movie is just littered with stuff like that where... That's why this, a movie like this stands out from the post or the report or stuff like that. And it's like, okay, this deserves to be in a bigger conversation yeah. because, yeah, it's it's really, really, really good on all levels of everything. Mm-hmm. My other gripe is the accents. Really? So, yeah. <laughs> Dude, you're going to have a hard fight with me on this one. Because here's the thing. They're all great. No. Well, here's the thing I just find weird. Okay, it's obviously set in Boston. Mm-hmm. Rachel McAdams' character doesn't have an accent. Michael Keaton does yep. for certain words, but it's weird because he'll say, like, Boston, but he doesn't say, uh, wicked smart. <laughs> Harvard. Like, he doesn't, like, smart his R, He says hard R's, like Harvard, which is weird because, but he'll say his O's with that, you know, W sound. Hmm. So it's weird because it was like, okay, so he's like doing half of an accent. Um, Stanley Tucci, as much as I was dogging on him, his accent, if yeah. I remember correctly, it's pretty spot on. But it was like, okay. Oh, and that was the other thing. All the victims that they speak to have heavy accents. Yeah. So it was like, what's going on here? Like, I think everybody should have had an accent or everybody shouldn't have. Or maybe the people in real life, if they didn't, I guess that makes yeah. sense. But, I don't know. Well, obviously, like, I don't know if it's just because they were trying to portray them, like, uh, not that it's unprofessional to have an accent, but all of them, like, not everyone in Boston is going to have an accent. And so, I think that they're, okay, so, I'm not, I'm slightly confused. So, are you saying you wish it was just either more consistent? Because I didn't spot any bad Boston accents in this. Which to me is more of like, if you can't do it, I don't want you to. Uh, I didn't yeah. hear anyone who had a bad boss. Not accent. really bad, it was just inconsistent. Because okay. like Michael Keaton, like I said, like he was doing like some words. but mm-hmm. So that was one small thing I had. Sure. Just like, maybe not have any of them do it. And just stick with that. <laughs> but the ones who did it did it well. That's my point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah. <Gotcha. laughs> Just turn off the <laughs> so we'll just stop you right there. Uh, the 
one scene in the movie where I feel like the script was a little iffy was the first time they meet with a guy from Snap. Yes. Like one of the first victims they talked to. Yeah. I felt like we talked about this in our Joker episode. I was thinking about this about how it was almost like it was a little too on the nose of like, well, not all the victims are boys. Sometimes they're girls. Like, oh no, he almost like, it looks like he's looking at the camera to tell the audience, hey, right. this is how it is. And it didn't feel very natural and it kind of stuck out like a sore thumb to me because I was like, the whole movie feels so natural and effortlessly just showing and not telling. I'm going to disagree with you again here. <laughs> <Take it less. laughs> I think because with that character, they emphasize how he's like seen as like, oh, not like a nutcase, but like, okay, he's just very eccentric and he's just going to come in with his agenda and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And so we see him be kind of like that at first, but then as he gets to talking, you realize like, oh, he's sent this information to them all already. And that becomes a theme throughout the movie where it's like, how did they miss this? so many times when it's like this just seems like it should be obvious and so he's a very like frustrated character where he's he's talking to them in a condescending kind of way on purpose if that makes sense that's how i read it where i'm like oh okay yeah like i'd be kind of pissed too we all should be and then by the time at the end when you find out uh this doesn't have to do with his character but the little news clip rachel mcadams hands to michael keaton about two-thirds of the way and then towards the very end last 20 minutes they're like oh metro that was you and he was like yeah and everyone kind of gets quiet and it's like oh yeah so we all had a hand in this kind of thing where it's like where were we when people needed us where were we yeah um what year was this movie taking place this is 2001 and so i mean well it starts off back in i think the 70s or 80s yeah but um yeah. No. So where were we when we were six years old? <laughs> yeah. No, that's <laughs> another. The uh, the other thing was about this too is it handles the the nine eleven stuff really well where it doesn't. Again, like I feel like I've seen movies where like that's or I've heard about movies where it's like okay that's like okay gonna make a a big deal. Did you ever see Extremely Loud? Yeah. Incredibly close. That's just like Oscar bait movie to be Oscar bait. And not that I don't, I don't, wouldn't cross the line and say it was disrespectful, but it's kind of like, oh, here's the point of the movie. It exploits it. It exploits it a little bit. And so with this movie, it's kind of, it only shows one shot and it's in the office. And then not that it's derailing it or saying it's not important, but it's like, listen, everything else we're doing has to be put on hold right now because that's what really happened. And that's what would happen, of course. And so it's a kind of a cold, harsh reminder of the reality that was 2001. Mm-hmm. But then kind of, again, just like we all had to do, pick ourselves back up and move on from it and keep going about our daily lives. And so, yeah, yeah no, I think this movie handled that really well. Final thoughts? Final thoughts? Um, I'd say this movie, again, it's it's, if anything... To start off the 2015 kind of mini-series we're doing here is like, this obviously gets a recommendation from both of us. I think everyone... Hey, don't speak for me. Sorry. Does that have your recommendation? Yes. Good. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody, I think, should see this movie at least once, even though, again, it's not a... It's not a Mission Impossible. It's not a Mad Max. Um, It's definitely worth watching. Um, 
there is part of me that's like, okay, I'm glad that this did win. Because, again, kind of like just my personal ties with it was the movie where I was like, huh, Spotlight, I wonder what that's about when I was watching. Because, again, I was not rooting for Mad Max, but I was just kind of like, oh, it's nice. want to see an action movie win, and when it did, and I was like, okay, what's this all about then? Mm-hmm. And so it's it's great. Um, I would give it... I'm going to go pretty high here. Oh, oh. Yeah. Because there's really, to me, there's like, yeah, it's not a favorite. It's not a rewatchable movie in, in that sort of sense. But there's really not many problems I can see with this movie. So I'm going to give it 9.5 bagels. Oh, <laughs> 10 man. bagels. This is a really good movie. He's going for it, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. To start off this 2015, we wanted to start with just, you know, the best picture since... I think that's something we'll continue to do uh, if we do a 2016 or 2017. We'll talk about the best pictures of that year. Just, just kind of get the, not a baseline, but just, yeah, kind of kind of like a baseline to, before we start talking about the more zany <laughs> favorite picks and, uh, you know, user request or uh, follower requested uh, picks mm-hmm. uh, for this year. Um, which, by the way, thank you for those of you who have uh, submitted suggestions. We are definitely going to take some of those into account. So I've already deleted them. Great, <laughs> good job. <laughs> Skip. Um, as yes, far as a rating, yeah, eight point seventy five bagels. Eight point seventy five bagels. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's still really high. No, it is really. It's a. It's a great movie. But the question I want to ask you. Yes. Wes Morgan. Mm-hmm. If you were in charge of Hollywood, oh gosh, and you could pick whoever you want, whatever movie you want to be the best motion picture of two thousand fifteen, any movie from twenty fifteen, any movie. Oh well, so any movie, any movie. So I think with this kind of question. Are we saying this is like my favorite or what deserves or kind of a mix of both? Eh, just your favorite. Just... Uh, the animated... Uh, inside Out? Inside, Yeah, I was going to say the animated heart inside me just wants to be like, hey, Inside Out should probably win. Super surprised it wasn't nominated. For Best Picture? Yeah. It won Best Animated, which that's the thing with me where it's like, okay... Wait. Dumb question. What? Can animated movies win best? Oh, yeah. Of course again. So here's the perfect example. I was just about to say this. So Up won best animated picture, but it was also nominated for best picture. Oh, okay. I think Beauty and the Beast may have been nominated for best picture before there was a best animated picture category. Yeah, so Up was, I think the last, Toy Story 3, I think was also nominated for best picture. Oh, was it? One. So I feel like that, it's, it's. It should be there. I'm not saying get rid of best animated because then nothing's ever going to get animated, like yeah. nominated. Um, but it uh, feels like a weird cop out to me because I really like that movie. If if we're taking that out of here, uh, I I really like Sicario. I thought you would As say it. Say, Sicario is another like perfectly acted, paced. Uh, based on truish events uh or true situations i should say situations uh action thriller emphasis on thriller that movie's so good um yours you know i can probably guess but you can tell them 
unless you want me to guess. It's Pixels. <laughs> no Kevin James, Adam Sandler. No. No, just say it. You know it. It's Creed. It's Creed. <laughs> I love Creed. Yeah. Oh, man. Maybe we'll movie. be talking about one or two of those that we've Ooh. just mentioned later on in this mini <laughs> Do we know what movies doing? we're going to be doing? Have we decided yet? We I don't decided. know. We, we don't have to tell them right now. It could be a little okay. surprise. Do we want to say what's next up? Yeah, we can tell them what's next up. All right, ladies and gentlemen, is a motion picture called Steve Jobs. And Steve Jobs kind of had the opposite of Spotlight in a way, where it was only nominated for an acting category, and that was it, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, a little bit more Oscar Beatty, I guess. A little more Oscar Beatty. I'm a huge fan of Aaron Sorkin's oh, yeah. uh, scripts. So that's Daniel and I both really. So that's why we're gonna go go with that for our next one. So yeah, it's a good one. Definitely. Uh, as we're wrapping up here, go watch Spotlight. Uh, right now. Right now, uh, it's on Netflix. I think right now. So everyone should have pretty easy access to it. I believe. Oh yeah, it, it is. was last month at least. I know it's kind of a new month. So Dude, who knows? Yeah. Netflix. They're always goofing with us and changing easily, things. Easily, you can find it pretty easily to watch it. Other thing is just keep the suggestions coming. Um, whether it be for other movies or other years you want us to cover in the future. And as always, thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Mm-hmm.